It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. B.J. Ingham is the author of Almost Black, the true story of how I got into medical school by pretending to be black. Let's find out what V.J., what the circumstances were surrounding this. It's a very intriguing book title. V.J., good to have you on the Oakley Show in Toronto. Good afternoon. It's great to be on the program. Great so, to be on the program. And Yeah, I was going to say, walk us through the circumstances of uh, what made you take this line of, I guess, uh, identity uh, shape-shifting. So, uh, back when I was an undergrad at UChicago, I, I kind of freaked out about my chances of admission to medical school. And I, I looked at the data published by the American Association of Medical Colleges, and I looked at my own chances, and I kind of came to a very weird conclusion, which was that an, as a, as a dark-skinned Indian American, I had a pretty low chance of admissions with my low grades and test scores, but an African-American student with my grades and test scores had a high probability of admission. Uh, so I, I shaved my head, I, I trimmed my long Indian eyelashes, I joined the organization of black students, and I applied to medical school as a black man. Um, I got waitlisted to Washington University, the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. Those are the third and fourth best medical schools in the country at the time. And I got into St. Louis University School of Medicine, despite the fact that my 3.1 GPA was dramatically lower than their average of 3.7 at the time. And just in case you were wondering, all three of those schools um, recently endorsed uh, affirmative action, uh, that is discrimination against Asian Americans and white people, in the recent Students for Fair Admissions versus uh, Harvard case. Now, it's notable that uh, if you applied to med school in 2016 with migraines and test scores, uh, you had, with migraines and test scores, you had a, 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 a uh, 25% chance, a 18% chance of admission as Asian, 75% as, as black. So you could pull the same scam today and it would probably work. Not that I'm encouraging you to try. <laughs> All right. Uh, but you surfed the wave of affirmative action, which the Supreme Court in the U.S. struck down late last week. And uh, as a consequence, Harvard, uh, which, by the way, uh, it seemed discriminated against Asian Americans who had all the right test scores, but uh, they didn't fit the model, which you had figured out relatively early back in the late 90s. Uh, so what do you make of the ruling from the Supreme Court of Canada, of Canada, of the United States? Well, so first of all, it was a great decision. I actually have been involved in this case for five years with Edward Bloom, Students for Fair Admissions. Edward is a great hero of mine and someone who I greatly admire. Uh, I think this was a great victory. It took a long way getting here, but it's only the beginning. Um, you know, in America, many people believe that segregation ended with the 1954 decision that ended racial segregation in America. But the truth, it wasn't until John F. Kennedy came to power six years later, pledging to end segregation with the stroke of a pen, that segregation really ended in this country. So, yes, it was a great victory, but we need to make this victory mean something by actually enforcing the decision. So you believe academic admission should be a meritocracy? Absolutely. Um, after I dropped out of uh, medical school, I got the opportunity to get my MBA at UCLA, which is a school that doesn't practice affirmative action admissions. I got in based on merit. I'm not some Harvard or UNC grad who only got in because, they, because of the school's discriminatory admissions practices. I went to UCLA. I earned my degree. And I think that everyone in America should have, in the world, should have the opportunity to go to a school where the only criteria of admission is merit. 
B.J. Ingham is with us, author of the book, Almost Black, the true story of how I got into medical school by pretending to be black. You know, when you talk about meritocracy, though, uh, there is an elephant in the room when it comes to academic admissions, and that is legacy admissions. You know, if uh, your father, grandfather went there, you know, big donors, the alumni associations and so on and so forth. uh, Does that need to be reformed as well? So I don't favor uh, legacy admissions. I think that's a that's kind of a, a thing that's come up lately. But the honest truth is that it's not unconstitutional. So yes, we should reform that. But are we going? To, is the government going to donate money to the schools to make up for the money that they lose from legacy admissions? We can cut legacy admissions, but that means all of us are going to have to pull out our checkbooks and pay more money in taxes to make up for that. So as long as we're willing to do that collectively, then I think we should cut legacy admissions. But again, it's not illegal to dis- to discriminate in favor of someone because you happen to know them or you happen to have a relationship with their family member. Uh, but it is illegal to discriminate on the basis of race. Yeah, but how does that square with the equality clause then? Uh, because you're excluding somebody who may uh, have actually got better grades or all things being equal. Uh, so the rich kid or, you know, whose patronage is from a wealthy background actually gets in and excludes somebody else. Uh, doesn't that, de- it belies the whole notion of equality, doesn't it? Well, you know, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you guys some not nice things about myself. So when I applied to medical school as an African-American, I disclosed that I got no, you know, financial aid at UChicago. I disclosed that um, my, you know, my mother was a physician I disclosed that I drove a nice car. And my girlfriend at the time, she, you know, she looked at me and she said, you know, she said, Vijay, you know, how did the campus rich kid become a candidate for affirmative action? So if you're saying that affirmative action is somehow a solution for our country's inequities, my experience is quite the opposite. Wow. Uh, you disclosed all of those things. <laughs> Some un- yes. unpleasantries that you had to share with us here this afternoon. Uh, all right, but not all schools are subscribing to this. They're going to do workarounds, aren't they? I mean, basically, uh, and Joe Biden has kind of signaled the complicity insofar as that's concerned, saying uh, this isn't going to be the last word, the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, so he's still hell-bent, uh, I guess, as part of the so-called progressive agenda to see affirmative actions remain in place in some form or other. So affirmative action is illegal in the United States in the same way that prostitution is illegal in Thailand. Okay. Yes, it's technically illegal, but the corrupt government is never going to enforce it. Mm. Um, Fortunately, more than 80 members of Congress and every major Republican presidential candidate has endorsed our cause. Uh, We need them, especially, you know, Speaker McCarthy, uh, Senate Minority Leader McConnell. uh, We need them to cut funding to the Department of Education, the Department of Justice, and to individual schools if they do not enforce this decision. That's the only way to ensure that affirmative action ends. Um, The analogy would be Bob Jones University, which temporarily lost its tax exempt status, uh, in part because of its discriminatory policies. We must threaten the colleges and universities with the same thing, and we must also engage in lawsuits, uh, which may include liquidating the endowments uh, of these schools. I mean, it'd be, you know, if Harvard had to liquidate its endowment and use it to pay victim to make restitution to victims of affirmative action racism, 
uh, it will be a dark day for them. Yeah, that's the billions of dollars you're talking there. So in a nutshell, very fast in 10 seconds or less, this only applied to Harvard and UNC, but affirmative action across the board, you think even in uh, corporations and uh, elsewhere uh, is now being struck down? Uh, so this only applies to education. Right. The next battle will be in corporations. More than 100 corporations endorsed it. Uh, affirmative action, we need to address them next. Well, we'll speak on that occasion, but this is an interesting book uh, coming from the place that is relevant to this. Uh, Almost Black, the true story of how I got into medical school by pretending to be black. V.J. Ingham, I appreciate your time very much. Thank you, and for the unpleasantries. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at... AM 640 Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.